Welcome back to Your Purpose is Beauty. This is episode 70. How are you guys doing? I know that I have been not that present on the public podcast feed this summer. Today we're going to be doing the last episode of the year, actually. I ha- In the episodes that I have been on, I'm sure that you have heard or if you've watched my videos on YouTube um, or if you're on Patreon, you will know that I'm having a baby in about a month and a half. So I made the decision that as of September 1, I was not going to be actively putting out new content. There will be a a couple things that kind of linger through the beginning of September, but the bulk of the work for that stuff will have been done in August for the most part. So I wanted to do a last episode here on the regular podcast feed and tell you a bit about my plans, how you can access work that I've done. If you feel like you need some Lamore or podcast in your life over the next four months that I'm going to be taking a leave. So not just to give birth and try and have as restful a fourth trimester postpartum as possible. We are also moving from Illinois to Kentucky after the baby's born. We just bought a house in Kentucky and there's a lot to be done. We're basically uprooting and restarting and I could not be more excited. It's been a real doozy of a summer because Kaveh, my husband, has actually already been working out of state in Kentucky for the whole summer. So I have been single parenting 90% of the time. My two and a half year old I guess two and three quarters. Birthday will be coming up in November to turn three, but it's just been a very challenging summer and also challenging just because of the state of the world, which I think a lot of people can relate to in one way or another. This episode, I guess, is kind of, I mean, I i don't think I'm going to denote it in terms of seasons within the podcasting platform. You know how certain podcasts will do like season one and then a to season two, like multiple seasons. I guess this is kind of an informal wrap up to quote unquote season one, like the first 70 episodes. But just because I'm going to be taking a pretty long break and not coming back until early 2022. Yeah, let's just talk about kind of the logistics. And then I am going to end the episode with some end of summer beauty favorites. So if you get through what may or may not be the boring stuff, then there'll be some good beauty chat at the end. I want to thank everybody who has listened and downloaded Your Purpose is Beauty over the last year and a half that I've been making episodes. I can't even believe that I have 70 up. I consider it a huge accomplishment, even though I didn't make as many episodes this year as I wanted to. Once things kind of settle down, (laughs) as I laugh to myself, I would love to get back to making weekly episodes. And I am also intending to get the whole library of podcast episodes uploaded to YouTube. I'm still deciding if they should be on my main Lamore channel or if I should make a separate Your Purpose is Beauty channel. But I'd like to increase the accessibility on YouTube because I actually listen to a lot of interviews and podcasts on YouTube. And I know not everybody is podcast platform savvy or in tune, which is totally fine. I actually, I feel like that the new Apple podcast, uh, like upgrade that 
that came out some months ago now. I just really dislike it. I thought the old one was much better. And I know a lot of people listen in Spotify. Kaveh does, and he's always trying to get me to listen in Spotify. And I just, ugh, I don't know, organizing podcasts is a whole thing, I guess. Okay, let's get into some logistics. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but we know that I can be very wordy. So the details of my leave from September 1st through the end of December, I'm not going to be actively making new content, meaning there will be no new YouTube videos, no new podcast episodes, and no new content on Patreon with a couple of exceptions. I'll continue to make Instagram stories on an as-I-can basis on my private Instagram account that's for patrons. Um, and I am also going to be doing a newsletter. I don't know when it's going to come out. Um, I'm going to try and work on it at the, the end of, of August right now. I'm recording on August 21st, so there's not much left of August, but I'm going to have a newsletter come out. And then I also am planning to do the announcement of the birth of the baby on the private Instagram stories feed and through newsletter. So if you aren't signed up for my newsletter, you can go to lamorielamusique.com. There's a newsletter tab at the top. It's called Reveries. That's the name of the newsletter. I had intended to do them every month and I think I've done three or four this year. So I haven't gotten as met nearly as many out as I wanted to <clears throat> because they're a ton of work. There's so much more work than I thought that they were going to be, at least the way that I do them. But to do a quick birth announcement that way, I think um, I can probably manage. Now, my regular Instagram account, the at Musique, I have made it private this year. So as you can probably tell, I've just taken my own boundaries and privacy to, to a different level this year. I know a lot of people have and I don't feel bad about it because it's been really kind of the best thing that I've done. So I think that I will probably still continue to do sporadic static posts on Lamore La Musique Instagram, mostly just related to beauty and kind of wellness lifestyle type of stuff. And then all of the more personal family, home, um, Anything related to, you know, current world events or things that I'm processing or media racks, like all that stuff is on the Patreon Instagram account where I just do stories. I don't do any static posts, but I'm really glad that I made that split. And that account handle is made available to everyone on Patreon. So it's not like per tier or anything. So to talk about the Patreon details... And this is kind of the main thing that I wanted to expound upon in this episode. So I'm not going to be making any new Patreon content. So typically I'll do one po exclusive podcast episode every month for Patreon, one exclusive video per month that is voted on in a poll of three to four different options. I do something called Petit Conseils, which are these individualized Q&As where people can ask questions about really anything Um beauty, of course, but a lot of people end up asking about parenting types of things, birth, like a lot of kind of cooking inspiration or just like general life stuff people are very interested in. And then I record a, a little video on a web-based platform called Loom and you get to watch it. They're usually five to 10 minutes long. 
And those are um, great. I really love doing those. And then every week I do a live get ready with me. So I'm not going to be doing any of that for four months, September through December. Now, when I took my, I didn't even like set up a maternity leave for myself um, when I had baby Lamour in November of 2018. I just thought that I would come back within like a month or two. And I think I did start posting content after about six weeks. Now, because of the move and because of the fact that I will have a toddler and a newborn, no childcare really set up yet. I just don't know what my circumstance is going to be. So I have, I'm have i giving myself like a much longer runway to get back to a full schedule. Now, Patreon, for those of you that don't know, I have four different tiers of support set up there and um, like based on the kind of extra content that you're interested in. I decided to go on Patreon initially because I really did not want to do sponsored work as most content creators do to fund their outlets. And I think for very few, if you want to call them influencers or content creators, like the work that they do is generally not a money-making scheme. And people try and raise funds to just invest back into the work, you know, whether it's through product or tech upgrades or equipment, cameras, I mean, all of that is expensive. So it's nice to make a bit of money and not have your content creation be, you know, kind of like a money losing proposition. So I really liked the Patreon model. And I also felt like it fostered a sense of respect and community in a way where people are not just kind of, not that that people on YouTube don't respect content creators or like really value their work, but when they're is, you know, any level of a buy-in financially, I think that that kind of creates a different, a different sort of bond. I know it's not for everybody, but I love supporting people whose work I really, really value. So since I feel comfortable doing it, it was something I felt comfortable initiating. And then I could firmly say that I don't do any sponsored work whatsoever on Lemoore. The most I do is take PR products. And even that I've cut way, way back. And I'm thinking of, you know, really just taking basically none except for probably beauty heroes because I've had such a long-standing working relationship with them over the last seven years. But apart from that, I'm kind of over the whole PR thing. But anyway, I'm getting a little bit derailed. So Patreon is a monthly recurring payment for however long you want to stay over there. In this last year, they rolled out annual memberships so people can do an annual membership at a discount. I have mine set at a 12% discount. So say you know that you're going to want a year of extra podcast episodes that are exclusive podcast episodes that I do over there. Then you can get that year at a 12% discount. And that level is just $3 a month. And then you also get access to the private stories, feed, handle, all of that kind of stuff. I've done like past videos and maybe even podcast episodes on Patreon. And I I think most people kind of get it at this point, but um, I always feel the need to kind of give a little bit of background. So when I took my last leave or I had um, my first baby, I didn't do anything on Patreon. I didn't, I don't even know if you could have paused the payments. Then I had a smaller community there at that point, And I knew that I was going to kind of try and get back to it right away. But since I'm taking a longer leave this time, and there is an option to pause the recurring monthly payments that typically patrons will 
be charged if they're if they want to stay on Patreon for say six months or whatever, however long they want to stay. So I paused payments as of September 1, meaning that if you are currently a patron of Lamore La Musique as of August, the end of August, then you will not be auto-billed on the first of the month for September, October, November, or December. The recurring monthly payment at whatever level you're at will resume on January 1st of 2022. Now, basically what this means in practice is that there's no reason for anyone that's over there to leave because there's no recurring payment and you have the opportunity to work through all of the archived content if you're newer there, for example. So I wanted to elaborate on all of the extra work that is over there. So there are 20 exclusive podcast episodes. So if you've listened to everything here on the public feed, like all 50 episodes, there's 20 extra on that podcast feed. The RSS link is made available to you once you sign up at the lowest entry level, which is the $3 a month level. And you get that RSS link. It shows up as a podcast in your podcast player, or you can just listen to the streaming audio within Patreon if you want as well. And the content of those episodes is definitely more exploratory, more critical, more thought-provoking than just like beauty favorites. You know, I love sitting down and doing just, you know, intense beauty chat as if you heard my box wall retrospective. I love doing that. But these episodes are were really more of an opportunity for me to talk about a lot of my personal unfolding. I talked like this summer, I did several pregnancy updates and Q&As, like first trimester reflections, third trimester reflections, and that kind of thing. So they're just more personal, exploratory topics that I get really good feedback on. And I think that um, some people are genuinely interested in content that kind of goes beyond beauty. There are 57 extra videos on the exclusive video playlist. So this includes 47 monthly voted on videos. And there's also some additional bonus videos on that playlist. Things like random unboxings I've done, or if I've gone on a trip, sometimes when I come back, I'll do a travel skincare review type of thing. I repost some IGTVs that I've done. So I've created a private playlist through YouTube, and then that link is made available. So it's like very easy to access all the videos. I just recently went through and organized all this stuff. And then for the live Get Ready With Me's, there's a playlist I just created with 147 live Get Ready With Me videos I've done over the last, I guess, three years, I want to say. The actual number of live streams I've done is closer to 100 to 115. Sometimes I'll have tech or connectivity issues and I'll need to restart the live stream. So sometimes there's a live stream will be split over two links or two videos. So that's why that number is not, I haven't done 147 distinct live streams, more like 115 probably. I hope that makes sense. I had st- when I had started Patreon, I think in January of 2018, I was only doing them monthly. And then as I hit different goals for how many people were there, I just kind of increased them in frequency. So I was doing two a month and then three a month. And then about a year ago, the summer of 2020, I started doing them every week. So I've been doing them weekly for a year. <laughs> so there's a huge library of Get Ready With Me 
episodes there. Um, And again, all the content on Patreon is nested. So for example, the highest level I have right now is the live stream level. It's $33 a month, but you get access to all of the live streams, all of the monthly videos, all of the podcast episodes. So like everything beneath it, it, it's like you kind of get, you get it all, right? Um, I hate that this sounds like kind of salesy and I don't mean for it to. I just really want to let you know all of this extra work that I've done and that it's a good time if you're looking to access that to do it. Because essentially, if you aren't currently on Patreon and you are interested in any of that stuff, It's just a one-time paywall. So you can still go to Patreon and become a patron of L'Amour et La Musique. And instead of you paying for four months, September, October, November, December, you go behind the paywall once at whatever level, and then you have four months to work through the archive. So say you're interested in everything. You want to watch all the live streams. (laughs) You want to watch all the videos and listen to all the podcast episodes and like really become super sick of me. Um, You would at any point go over, pay $33 once, and then that's it. You would have four months at $33 to work through everything. And you could leave or decide to stay for any new upcoming content when I resume the payment monthly payment schedule in January, when then I'm going to be like actively putting stuff out. So I'm not planning to ever do this again unless we decide to have another baby and I take another extended leave. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that. Like maybe there there will be unforeseen circumstances where I need to pause the payments again, but um, it's it's certainly not something that I'm planning to do after this necessarily unless life necessitates it. I did want to address people who currently have annual Patreon subscriptions. So like I mentioned, um, at any point, you can sign up for an annual membership at a 12% discount. So when a creator on Patreon pauses the payments for the month, what Patreon will do for anyone that currently has an annual membership is for every month that the payment is paused, they extend your annual membership by one month. So currently, anyone that's on Patreon and signed up with an annual membership before September 1st, you'll get an additional four months added on to your membership, which is pretty cool in my opinion. So I did want to address current patrons who maybe they're at the $7 a month, which is the monthly video level, which you also get the podcast say there's not going to be any monthly videos for the next four months and they're all caught up on those video archives and say they really want to watch the live streams. You can still within Patreon, even though the payments are paused, you can go up to that live stream level. And again, it's just the one time charge. So it'll be the difference between $33 and $7. So a one time charge of $26 and you could have those four months to work through that huge archive of get ready with me's. Um, So you can still move between levels on Patreon. It's just going to charge you the difference that one time. So again, I hope all of this makes sense and I'm not being too kind of pedantic about it. Um, I think that that's it for the Patreon logistics. I... I'm going to miss you guys. (laughs) And I'm not like, that's the thing. I'm not going to be totally incommunicado. The best way to reach me, if you're interested in staying in touch, and I've developed a lot of like, honestly, really meaningful connections with people, mostly through Patreon, because it's, you know, like-minded people that were kind of navigating the waters of the world right now, you know, with a similar set of evolving 
open-minded values, I guess. It's not like, I don't know, I don't even kind of want to like get into all, all of that. But most of the ways that I communicate with people are through DMs on the Patreon Instagram stories account. So I check and respond to DMs there. I check them less on the regular Lamore La Musique. I mean, I see them, but if they go into like the requests folder, sometimes I don't. Um, but DM is probably DM on that Instagram account is probably the best way to stay in touch. Uh, Patreon has a messaging feature that I'll communicate with people on. And then email lamorelamusique at gmail.com. I'm always happy to hear from people, but I'm very, very bad right now at replying. I'm just so buried by email. I know a lot of people are. And I'll probably set up an auto responder, you know, like I'm on leave type of thing uh, for lamorelamusique at gmail.com. But invariably, I just know, I know myself and I know that I'm not going to be off social media for those full four months. So I I am still going to be around. And I know that as things evolve, you know, like I'm going to want to share probably about the birth or some postpartum healing or breastfeeding or the move and, you know, decorating a new house and beauty products that are really, you know, helping me through this transitional, like pretty stressful transitional time, I know I'm going to want to share that stuff. I just, I, I can't not. So again, the Instagram stories feed that's made available to patrons is really where I'm going to be doing that. In terms of getting, once we get settled in Kentucky and I get back into Lemoore in early 2022, my plan is to come back, you know, Jan 1, and we'll see how that goes. I do have goals and plans and all of that stuff. I just got a new MacBook Pro that is appropriately powered for my content needs. So I'm finally going to be getting Final Cut Pro. I'm going to upgrade to Adobe Lightroom for my photo editing. I'm going to work on a... I think I talked about this actually in my goals for this year, but it just didn't happen. Uh, I wanted to start making vlogs with loots, filters on them, and just kind of, you know, really start to play around more with creative editing. Uh, Like I said, I want to create streaming versions of all of the podcast episodes. I want to catch up on the podcast transcripts. Um, I always have a never-ending list video and podcast content ideas. And I just, I feel like this pregnancy, I have gone through this whole other deep level layer excavation of everything I thought I knew about health and wellness. And I've just been exploring a lot of, or revisiting, re-exploring, returning over, learning new ideas about mitochondrial health and the sun and vitamin D mineralization and um, heavy metal detoxing, like a lot of this stuff has been really at the forefront of my consciousness this year. And I've had really different pregnancy experiences now between when I was pregnant in 2018 and pregnant this year. So I have a lot of reflections on that and just really constantly turning over and thinking about you know, what, what is health and, and health and vitality. And then kind of parallel to that, because I really, really resist a lot of the focus on individual lifestyle behavior choices that permeates so much of like the health freedom movement and discourse that I think a lot of people are seeing. I 
really feel so strongly that I'm coming back to a lot of my environmental health roots. Um, For anybody that doesn't know, I did my master's and PhD at Brown between 2007 and 2013 in sociology. And my specialties within sociology or like my areas of expertise were environmental health and contemporary social theory and urban sociology for the most part. And my dissertation chair is a pretty well-known environmental health sociology professor. He was at Brown for a number of years, and now he's at Northeastern and runs their environmental justice, environmental health center. So I'm really coming back around to a lot of those theories and framings, but in a different light and um, really exploring a lot of the technocratic implications of things that are happening and coupled with biopower and health surveillance, things that I've been interested in for so long. And so I'm really re-tapping into a lot of these issues using, like trying to draw on a lot of my analytical and research skills and theoretical learnings from graduate school. And um, there's some really, really good independent researchers that have just totally intellectually and from an activist standpoint, like really ignited me this summer. I did a whole podcast episode for Patreon on this. It's just not worth it right now to put that information out on a public platform because the censorship and the um, discourse divisiveness is so toxic. Um, and I really felt like I had to be very, very protective of my boundaries during pregnancy in a time that was already valuable and like very challenging for me in a lot of ways, just with all the stuff I'm describing, like single parenting and my my own stuff. But um, I kind of forget where I was going with that. <laughs> um uh, I guess basically just that that all of these issues that grow out of this interest in green beauty, or they're they're all somehow connected. They really are to me, and that's why beauty, green beauty, to me will never be frivolous and never be able to be discounted the way so many people have been trying to in recent years. And I just feel a lot more secure and steadfast in my commitment to not just my health, not just the health of my family, um, but, you know, collective collective well-being on every plane of existence. So I think that's maybe a good note to end on for all of that. And why don't we now talk about some end of summer beauty favorites? And it'll be the perfect way for me to bid you adieu until I talk to you again in four months on this platform. <laughs> Okay, I was on the couch last night watching a little bit of, what was I watching? We actually still have Olympics on in the background. Like if Kav is on his tablet and I'm on my laptop doing work at night after the toddler is asleep, he is still catching up on all the Olympics that he wasn't able to watch because he had like a crazy last month at work. But anyway, let's start with everybody's favorite skincare. Um, This is actually something that I'm doing a live stream later today. Um, I only have like, I think two more left to do. So this is my second to last live stream before my break. And I am so excited to really gush about this, but I am exploring completely revolutionizing how I oil cleanse my skin. Being initially inspired last week, listening to Organic Olivia's recent podcast interview with Donna Omari of Noi Skincare. I 
have known about Donna for a couple of years. I had started following her maybe two years ago. She had a much, much smaller Instagram following. I think she had like maybe 70,000 followers. She's an esthetician who's based in the metro New York area, and uh, she's really into facial reflexology. She's very well known for this. It's called the buckle facial where she does like gum massage and it's like very massage heavy. Anyway, I'm sure a lot of you know her because she now has like 600,000 Instagram followers, like really, really crazy. And I listened to Organic Olivia's interview with her and I had stopped following Donna for, for some reasons that aren't really worth getting into here. Just as people tend to gain a lot of celebrity, I feel less, like I have less of a place on engaging, I guess, with that work. But I went through and I felt really inspired to revisit her work. And obviously she's put out tons of stuff in, in the time since I haven't been following her. And I also have had in the last couple, I think like last month had picked up some living libation stuff, like totally independent of this. And I have a couple of best skin evers. I have the sea buckthorn and the rose best skin ever. And where did I, I'm just always forgetting where I talked about stuff, but I have a long standing relationship interaction, I guess I should say, with living libations that dates back to 2012, like when I was first getting into green beauty. And they were one of the, I was like very attracted to the company then. And then I went through a long period of feeling really non-resonant with them. And there's reasons that I have postulated why that is, but I'm now feeling really redrawn to them, particularly ignited as well by Nadine Artemis's work on the sun, Okay, so I did a whole video. This is where I talked about it. I did a whole video on Patreon last month on my total turnaround relationship with the sun this summer. Has to do with being pregnant and vitamin D, but a lot of Nadine's work on the sun and the skin microbiome. And now I'm really revisiting all of her oral care work and and her skincare stuff as well. So anyway, noise skincare inspired me to start oil cleansing in a different way. And that has been a favorite. I haven't been doing her method, which I'm not going to detail here because I don't want this episode to be super, super long. But if you're interested in this, I recommend going to listen to the What's the Juice podcast interview with noise skincare, going to noise skincare. It's N OY, by the way. Noise Skincare on Instagram. She has a, like an oil cleansing tutorial with the method. And then I think she has a QA about the best skin ever. And so I'm just into all of that right now. We'll see how long standing it is because it's a, it's a more labor intensive method. I've added an oil cleanse into my morning skincare routine, which is, I don't know, just never something that I've done. And, um, I have like different ways that I'm using other oil and balm cleansers I have. And it's it's too new for me to give any definitive reflections on that. But we'll see how it goes over, you know, the, the rest of this year. And maybe that'll be a good video to come out with a bang with in January of 2022. Like my revelations around what works for my skin. We'll see. I'm hoping. So far, the results are really positive. The next product that has been an outstanding favorite is Earthwise's latest launch, the Three Roses Mist. You know that I love everything that Ava creates, but I have to say this is my favorite thing, favorite like release that she's done. So the, the most recent ones I can remember since I've been actively following and using Earthwise products, like she came out with the Imhotep's powdered mask and the Paloma cleansing oil and now this mist and the mist really really does it for me and I think it's also because I have been 
obsessed to a level I never could have anticipated with Rose during this pregnancy. And I know it's a very, very common, you know, fertility, pregnancy, mother nurturing, essential oil and and scent. I've never been that into Rose, I have to be honest. But something about this pregnancy, particularly the latter part of the pregnancy, and I'm really, I've been using mostly unscented essential oil free products. But actually, as I'm getting towards the end of pregnancy, I'm... 34 and a half weeks right now, I've been much more drawn to having a more sensorial beauty experience. So I've been integrating more scented products like sparingly and not on my body so much, mostly in my skincare, but something about rose has just been, it's just been everything to me these last couple of months in this summer. So this mist is exceptional. I think that the deal will already be done by the time you hear this episode. She is currently running a 20% off end of summer sale. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this episode is not going to be out in time to take advantage of that. However, I always have a 10% off discount code you can use just Lamour, L-A-M-O-U-R. If there's no other active discounts going on, they're not stackable with any other code, um, but I'll make sure to include links and codes and everything down in the show notes of this episode as I do with every episode. This mist is way more complex than just a rose hydrosol. So like if you tried the Evan Healy rose hydrosol, I also currently have the Maker and Merchant rose hydrosol. This is more than just a hydrosol. It has, uh, I think it has colloidal silver and reversitrol actually in quite high quantities so much that it was creating some issues with the mister clogging in the first batch that was sent out. I think that that has since been rectified, but it is advised to shake the product to distribute the those ingredients, the larger molecular weight ingredients so that the mister functions optimally. But it's this oh, just beautiful, not overly floral kind of, I don't know, it's like a really refined rose scent with a peppery afternote that is just, it's its really unique. It's its a little spicy um, and it's, that's, I guess, how I would describe it. It's just, it's so beautiful. And then the last skincare favorite to mention is the Inlight Skin Aid Kit. I guess this could technically also be considered body care, but I did an Instagram post with some recent additions to the home apothecary. <laughs> I just kind of chuckled to myself because like I won't even buy a hydrocortisone cream. I'm, I've just been like using the tea tree and propolis in light <laughs> um, skin aid thing. So that's one of my favorites, the tea tree and propolis and the calendula and damask rose. I also really love, but everyone in the family here has been using them. I've been using them on the toddler's bug bites and Kaveh's gotten some scrapes and he's used them. Now, Beauty Heroes, which is currently the only U.S. stockist of Inlight, is not carrying this. So you would have to order it directly from Inlight's UK website. I actually have a cart going with them because I want to get a full size of the tea tree and propolis. Um, and I wish Beauty Heroes would start carrying these little these little balms because they're just so, so nice. And I think a really nice addition to a home healthcare kit. Okay, as far as makeup, I've been very minimal with makeup really this whole year because I've been project panning a bunch of stuff and I have had some success. I finished the Care Weiss Dazzling Bronzer. I finished the Dr. Hauschka Light Reflecting Concealer Pen. And I think that those are maybe the only things that I completely have finished, but I feel like I've made some decent progress on some other stuff, but I don't, I don't think I have hope of like fully finishing anything else except maybe the Lapar lip balm, 
which I'm also trying to finish up. But I haven't really been buying much makeup because, you know, we're moving. I did a ruthless makeup declutter video, which is again on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, I've just been enjoying having a much more curated and, and minimal and streamlined makeup collection. Please forgive all of my pregnancy indigestion. Um, I do have three things to mention, though. The Axiology Super Fan Pack is something that I bought myself some months ago, like in the spring or maybe three months ago or so, beginning of summer. And it's basically these little miniature crayons that you can use on the eyes, cheeks, and lips. And I got the Super Fan Pack, which is 14 of them. I got it directly from Axiology's website, and it's a decent price. I think you can also get 10 or 15% off as a first-time customer of Axiology. Let me just say here a quick interjection. I have, with rare exception, again, Really, Beauty Heroes is kind of the only exception. And Boxwalla's eShop. Um, I'm not really buying from stockists anymore. I don't want to. I want to buy directly from brands. I think a lot of these stockists have gotten kind of embroiled in online politics and ideology. And I find it really unappealing personally. And I mean, <laughs> I guess, I, I don't know, that's like maybe a whole other episode, like reflections on beauty stockists. Um, I would just prefer, like, I, I guess it's it's interesting to see new brands that they bring on, but I'm not that compelled to shop from Credo, Detox Market. You know, there's many, many others in green beauty. I'm just buying directly from brands at this point, basically. Okay, interjection over. The other makeup item that I've really been liking because it's very simple to use and it gives just a beautiful effect and it's not eco. NARS Orgasm Blush. This is such a vintage favorite of mine. It's one of the first, you know, quote unquote, luxury makeup items I ever had owned when I was in college or like after shortly after college. No, I think I, I got my first one when I was in college. Totally inspired by Sex in the City. And I have a small pan of it that was, I think, a Sephora VIB something or other holiday gift. I never even shop at Sephora anymore, but I have this little pan of NARS Orgasm. And I've been reaching for it because it's so quick. Like I just love doing it on the cheeks. I've been brushing it over my eyes and with mascara. And it's just such a pretty minimal makeup look. And it has this like kind of goldy reflect to it. And I know it's not a perfect product, the ingredients or whatever, but man, it makes me happy to use with my Wayne Goss Artistic Cheek Brush. Oh, it's just such a moment of bliss. And then the last makeup item I've really been enjoying this summer is the Suntegrity SPF Powder. I picked this up from Beauty Heroes some months ago. It had been out of stock and I had decluttered my, what's the brand? Um, the Big Bamboo Packaging Antonym. I had the Antonym Pressed Powder Foundation, which I had been using as an under eye setting powder for a long time. And I was just, it was old. The packaging was so bulky. So I decluttered it. And then the only powder I had is a mini of the hour, one of the hourglass ambient lighting powders. I also decluttered my trio. I mean, this makeup was so old, you guys. It was just like, it's really time to do a, a ruthless declutter as the title of the video would imply. So I got this Integrity SPF powder and I it works quite well as a setting powder. Um, I don't get a white cast from it. My skin has been in pretty balanced shape. The latter part of pregnancy, it was really, really dry in the first and most of the second trimester, but then it kind of evened out. So yeah, I've I mean, the, the packaging of this Integrity powder is kind of bulky, but 
I don't have many bulky makeup items left, so I'm kind of dealing with it. As far as body care, I have two summer beauty favorites, the Mythic Medicinals St. John's Wort Herbal Body Oil, which I just picked up two new bottles of with their recent release. I went through two bottles of this last year. At some point, again, when things are a little bit more calm in my life, I fully intend to infuse my own oils with plants. I took Cami McBride's how to make handcrafted herbal body oils class last summer. You actually get, well, if you sign up for it, you have lifetime access to the course. So it's something I totally intend to revisit and I totally intend to make my own St. John's Wort body oil. But until that day comes, Amber's handcrafted oil out of California is where it's at. It's this beautiful deep red color. I've been massaging it into my lower back and hips since I got it. I think last month it came and... Two bottles is enough to kind of get me through most of the year. The oil only, they only produce it once a year because St. John's wort only flowers once a year, usually around the summer solstice. And they make enough, I think they made 80 gallons this year. And she said that they usually run out by the spring. So if you're interested, I'm sure that there's still some available. I think it's just mythic, mythicmedicine.net or .love. I'll put the link below. And then I have to give a shout out to the Inlight Foot Balm. This was a Love More promotion gift that Beauty Heroes ran during the month of July. And I will take any opportunity to get any Inlight product added onto an order any day, any year, any lifetime. I mean, I love Inlight so much. Plug to go listen to my interview with Dr. Mariano Spiezia, which was a couple episodes back and just... Uh, just thinking about that interview brings tears to my eyes. I mean, it was just so beautiful and meaningful. And the brand is is so special. And I had never tried the foot balm because frankly, I don't have a lot of inclination to use a separate separate product on my feet, to be honest. But I do get semi-regular pedicures. So I've been having the person who does my nails and pedicures use this uh, for the massage portion. And it's so blissful. So I highly recommend that, just taking it as your product. If um, you're someone that gets pedicures or have your partner massage this into your feet, it's really nice. It's just a total upgrade from you know, any other kind of foot care product, I guess. And lastly, let's end with wellness. I'm actually, I think, about to go do an Instagram post on this. And it's really just kind of some reflections uh, on some of the most important things that I have felt have made a really big difference for me, this pregnancy. Um, the first is integrating trace minerals and liquid magnesium at the appropriate levels. I've taken liquid magnesium on and off for a number of years, but I upped my dosage during pregnancy Um Magnesium is super, super important when you're pregnant, and a lot of times it's what's recommended if you are having restless legs. So I upped the amount that I was taking, and it just has made such a difference. The trace minerals um, have been really important for me, too. I use a brand called Utah something or other. I'll try I get it on VitaCost, and I'll link it down below. But this was really informed by my acupuncturist because, and again, this is like a whole deeper discussion. Um, I have been getting acupuncture through this whole pregnancy and my acupuncturist treated me during my pregnancy in 2018 as well. So we've talked a lot about how the pregnancies have been different and how the patterns that I'm presenting 
with on the acupuncture table are are really different. Um, so I have kind of like a kidney heart um, thing, like kind of stress going on this pregnancy, again, in Chinese medicine terms. So I've kind of had like a bit of a racing heart on and off this pregnancy, like a, kind of an elevated heart rate. My blood pressure has been fine, although I have had some white coat hypertension. But when I take my blood pressure myself, it's totally fine. Anyway, my acupuncturist recommended trace minerals for the heart rate stuff, and it has helped a lot. I It tastes really strong, so I end up having to take it in a little bit of juice. But the integration of the trace minerals and really upping the liquid magnesium have just, like, I feel so good. It just, it's, it really, really has helped. In addition to taking desiccated liver capsules this pregnancy, which is, I'm just way, way more attuned to my nutrition and needed supplements this pregnancy. I was so still like kind of in the dark during my first pregnancy. I feel like we, I mean, I could go on such a huge rant here about how unsupported women are in the preconception period, pregnancy, birth, postpartum. I mean, if it's if you can't open your eyes to the obvious, you know, misogyny that's kind of window dressed with quote unquote caring about maternal health from a medical perspective. I mean, I just going through now like two pregnancies and like the experiences that I've had, like if it doesn't wake you up and make you mad, like I think it should, I guess, because we just fail women and children at like every single freaking turn. Um, but <clears throat> I'm I've been way more, I guess, of an advocate for myself this pregnancy and I just know more. My body also, like, I feel like with a first pregnancy, you're you're so out of control. Like, you have no idea what's going on with your body. It feels so foreign, but exciting, but also scary. And we're just not em- empowered. Like, we're not given the education and the tools to really um, be present, I guess, with the, with the unfolding mystery. And then after you've done it once, I mean, this is just my experience, um... I don't know. It's like my second pregnancy has just been like a very, a very different experience. But I have kind of had my imbalances and and other issues come up, but I feel much more capable about managing them um, with proper guidance, right? So the desiccated liver, really important for iron in pregnancy. So during the second trimester, it's very normal for a pregnant mother's iron to dip because like your blood volume really, really increases, but you're giving a lot of it to the baby. So it's just really, really normal for your iron to dip. But if you already struggle with low iron, which a lot of women do, but that is also tied to how undermineralized we all are because of these environmental issues, um, environmental contamination. And there's another good podcast episode on that that I've letting people know about who ask uh, about the iron issue. Dr. Stephen Cabral did an interview with Olivia on the What's the Juice podcast, and they talk about this relationship between iron levels and mineralization. So it's like just taking an iron supplement isn't necessarily, you know, we live in such a prescriptive world. We're so conditioned to think that like you take a supplement and it fixes a problem. It's just like, it's usually so much more complex than that. So Anyway, long story short, I do think the liver does help with iron, but I also think the mineralization component is really important. So I've been doing 
I, I don't like to take the capsules because I just, I don't know, they seem extraneous to me. So I open up the capsules and I dump them into, like I've been doing kefir smoothies all summer, just with fruit, no greens. Putting raw greens in a smoothie is like anathema to me. Um, it's never something I would do more and that. It's never something I would do, even though I... You know, everyone, I guess, is still into like green drinks and green smoothies and like, oh, that's like a whole other issue. Kefir smoothies, just like simple ones with like dates and, you know, wild berries and things like that. And I give them to the toddler who is also a really big fan and they've been so, so good. And I've also been really, really attracted to ferments this pregnancy, which is not something I experienced at all in my first pregnancy. And it makes so much sense in terms of diversifying the microbiome and preparing, um, you know, to pass on your microbiome seeding to your baby during birth. And I don't know, it's just been like such a cool awakening. This pregnancy has been like such a cool awakening experience for me on a lot of levels. So desiccated liver capsules, I think are a must during pregnancy. I have been going through a bottle that I got off Radiant Life, but I'm going to try ancestral supplements next, I think. Um, and then I've also been giving them to the toddler, like I'll dump a capsule into applesauce and I... I don't know. I'm not brave enough to do actual liver. Um, I mean, I guess we could do a good pate. I would probably do that. You know, the reason I stopped being interested in liver was related to my medical intuitive experience, which is something else I've been unpacking for years, basically since it happened, which was kind of the epitome of my relying on an external health guru to guide my life choices. And there were certain things, there was like some valuable stuff to come out of there. It was really a huge exercise in discernment, but this person had told me how detrimental certain things that I was interested in were, that liver is not good to eat, because it's an organ of detoxification, that the liver and gallbladder flush that I had been doing was dangerous to the body. Um, those are kind of like the top three that I remember. Oh, that I was, that gluten was just like a total no-go for me for basically forever. So there's just certain, it like created this whole other set of neuroses, which I don't think that that's really the way. I have done multiple videos and podcast episodes on Patreon about parsing through that experience. And it's honestly like still something that I think about in terms of what were like really the lessons there. It wasn't really about health and like having someone prescribe how I should be living my life in terms of, you know, what, what I eat and what supplements I take. Like, and I'm not saying that there is no role for health guidance. Of course there is. And I'm on a quest to find like a really good family naturopath, for example. Um, but there was like just so many weird dynamics and dysfunction in that, in that experience. And I think a lot of people can relate to getting kind of trapped in, in a healer guru, like really relying on an external authority um, instead of being internally guided, even if you're kind of making mistakes or like not you know, anyway, rambling. Liver capsules back in our lives here. <laughs> Quick shout out to the Honey Mamas chocolates, which I finally tried because our local Whole Foods is, is now carrying them. I had heard about Honey Mamas from a friend of mine and I couldn't find them locally and they're very expensive to have shipped from their website. So just was kind of like, okay. And then I saw them at Whole Foods a couple weeks ago and I picked up the tangerine tahini. And then I think the Peruvian, um, it's like a Peruvian extra dark chocolate. They're not like a traditional chocolate. They're kind of like a chewy chocolate 
type bar. And I have to be honest, like since I feel like my mineralization stuff has been better, I've been craving way less chocolate, which is not surprising at all um, because chocolate's very high in magnesium. And I've always been someone that like sometimes will eat chocolate, you know, at breakfast because it just sounds good to me. And I haven't been really wanting chocolate at all. Um, in recent months. But the Honey Mama's orange tahini, I think, or tangerine tahini, oh my God, is so, so good. So if you see it at your local Whole Foods, I would pick up a bar. It's amazing. I haven't tried the Peruvian one yet. And then the last wellness thing I have to mention, although I've kind of already touched on it, is a, the book I just finished, which is Andreas Moritz's book on the sun. Now he's written a number of books. Um, he has since passed away, I think, I can't remember when, but sometime in the last decade or so, he did pass away. But he's the person that wrote The Amazing Liver and Gallbladder Flush, which I did a four-video series on YouTube in 2015 that still garners, you know, views, comments, emails about. It's, it's really wild. And something I may revisit in the future, I don't know yet, but he has a whole book on the sun, when my vitamin D was tested early in pregnancy, it was really low. And I mean, again, this is like a whole other issue. I'm researching really deeply from multiple perspectives because there is no cut and dry, one neat, one size fits all approach to this. It's really complicated. And even just supplementation is not not the answer. Um, like if you go into people that are doing a lot of mitochondrial health and healing work, um, there's really divided opinions actually on vitamin D supplementation and when it's measured, what it's really measuring. But anyway, I was mostly interested in getting vitamin D through the sun. And it was just, this was just the perfect opportunity for me to really face a lot of my really, really strong aversion that I've had to the sun for almost all of my life since childhood. And I did a whole 30-minute video on Patreon about this and um, resources and what this book kind of uncovered and the role of PUFAs and safe sunbathing and, you know, Nadine Artemis's work on the sun and the skin microbiome and you know, just kind of what my experience with that has been like and how my vitamin D levels have been affected by through a combination of sun and supplementation. And I'm just really going to another level with kind of truly integrative, holistic health healing and um, really trying to break out of the freaking matrix that we're all in and conditioned to think is the only way to live life in, you know, in this country, on this planet, you know, whatever. So that's where I'm at. Let's end on that note. And I hope I answered all of your questions about my leave, how you can keep in touch, how you can access work you may not have seen while I'm away. Like I said, I'll miss you guys, but I'm really still going to be around. Um, but I'll, I'll look forward so much to coming back to video and podcast in early January. And I'm sure I'll pop on, you know, for holiday shopping type of deals. I may, if I have the wherewithal, maybe I'll try and send out like a holiday shopping newsletter. I know those are really popular, but I, I can't promise anything because I tend to overpromise and underdeliver. at least I have this year. Atypical for me, but gosh, having kids is just a total freaking game changer as, as I'm sure parents will know. <laughs> um, and I've just really prioritized sleep and rest and health for this pregnancy. Thank you guys so much for being here. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already so that you'll get the next episode whenever it comes out. 
yeah, you know all the ways to find me. I'll include all the information in the show notes. I hope you guys all take really good care the rest of this year and we'll be in touch. Bye.